bad now, but she was bad. I had normalized stress so much that I couldn't even feel it in my own body anymore. I would visit doctor after doctor, and if it wasn't what I want to hear, I'll go to the next doctor. The world is so loud. Social media is loud. Your family and your friends all are loud. Your affliction is the affirmation to your calling. Welcome to another episode of the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle Podcast. All right, so we have a great guest on with us today, <clears throat> Jennifer Branison. Jennifer Branison is an imaginative, creative thinker with a wealth of experience as a communication and digital strategist. After discovering the significant impact of stress on her health, Jennifer embarked on a transformative journey towards a happier and healthier life. Now known as the Stress Relief Coach, she empowers ambitious women to boost their confidence and achieve their professional success without compromising their mental and physical well-being. Jennifer's mission is to alleviate the pain associated with common women's health conditions and guide them in creating a new narrative for their lives. Her best-selling book, Release the Pressure, which sounds like a captivating title, chronicles her personal health journey where she overcame fibroids, endometriosis, high blood pressure, and a speech impediment in less than four months. Recognized as a rising star in entrepreneurship, Jennifer was featured in Vinoy Business Magazine as the next big entrepreneur. She's also a prominent advocate for women's health and has been featured in Refinery29, where she shared insights along Vice President Kamala Harris upon the introduction of the Uterine Fibroid Research and Education Act. Jennifer holds a master's degree in interactive journalism, digital, digital storytelling from American University, and is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. With that said... Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I have a hundred questions. Let's start with the most obvious one for me, which is stress, right? When did you first discover what it was and how, how it, it, it impacted you in your life? Uh, Talk to us about oh, that. That's a funny and very interesting story. So I didn't know how far deep in the water and how dire my circumstances was until until someone noticed the signs and symptoms in myself. And even then, I wouldn't admit that I was not okay. Uh, because I was, you know, I was made to be a high achiever. You know, I was born, born to be the best as, you know, in a lot of black families, um, you know, like, you, you were born to achieve and to achieve greater than generations before you. So that's all I knew. And I had normalized stress so much that I couldn't even feel it in my own body anymore. And I operated that way for years, for close to about 10 years, because I was first diagnosed with fibroids at 23. And so when, um, when I had a mentor, and so my mentor, basically, she read me and said, stress is so normalizing your life that you don't even feel it. And she almost wanted me to do something drastic to break people's expectations of me because they weighed so heavily on me. And so that's when I really first 
notice or first realize how bad I was, um, how stress was driving my life and uh, how Ooh. I was operating that way, how I had normalized it over time. Um, a part of it was because of, like I said, generations before me. So it was, it was normalized in my family. The conversation of disease was always a topic of conversation in my family. Almost every woman in my family had a hysterectomy after having fibroids. So I thought that I was going to suffer the same fate eventually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. like my mom had a hysterectomy. My grandmother had a fibroid the size of a grapefruit, had to have emergency hysterectomy. And um, all the way up until my great grandmother. And, um, you know, high blood pressure, too, was a topic of conversation and, and normalizing that mm. as well. Like I was hit with fibroids at 23, hit with high blood pressure mm. at 27. I was already dealing with a speech impediment. I used to stutter since I was three and then um, endometriosis at 24. So it was like a boom, 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 boom situation. And my body was sending alarms, but um, but and alarms were going off. But I was so focused on achieving and so focused on my goals that I didn't even wake up to really notice and really take take the time to notice um, how badly I was suffering. Isn't that something? So I think all of us have stories of people we know. Um, the guys, unfortunately, um, aren't very good at you know at, at recognizing the stress and pain, things like that. But all of us ha- know of people that have endured right and become become numb. Because of different reasons, perhaps it's for the reasons you shared, you know, that they're pushed to be high achievers as men. It's kind of we're pushed to, you know, be providers and make sure our our family has the best things like that. But there's a cost oftentimes comes with it. So I guess the the next logical question, I'll pass over to Smiley here, is that once you discovered through the uh, health crises that you experienced once you discovered stress was at the root of it in a matter of four months you were able to turn a lot of this around so obviously you know this your answer or your solution may not apply to each and every individual there's no uh, one silver bullet but talk to us about how you turn things around in 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 four months yeah, yeah. So, so to your point that there is no one size fits all, you know, everyone has different stories that they're constantly telling themselves in their lives. Um, and I was looking for stuff that was outside of me, external circumstances. I would, I would visit doctor after doctor. And if it wasn't what I want to hear, I'll go to the next doctor and I'll go to the next doctor, you know? Um, and, and too, like being around people who, who justified the story that I was telling myself was that I couldn't heal. So number one, I had to first believe that it was possible. Um, and Mm. I think that's, you know, there's so much information out there. Um, everything is so loud. The world is so loud. Social media is loud. Your family and your friends all are loud. And you're constantly having competing narratives in your head, which is partly the reason why I was so stressed out about what you should do, 
<laughs> and so yeah. once I once I you know touch and agree with somebody because you know you know we believe we talk about miracles we read about miracles but do we necessarily believe in them? And um, you know so I touched and agreed with somebody who who said, look, you come over here, it's going to be great, you know. Um, and I was I didn't believe her. I said, oh, okay, but all right. I tried everything at that point. Like I had multiple surgeries, had three surgeries due to my fibroids and endometriosis and I was I was still searching for an answer still searching for a solution and taking lots of medication I was on like three different types of medications at one point in my life and trying to plan my life around my health conditions and because there are certain times of the day that you can take your medication at certain times of the day that you can't um, and so what I basically did was shut everything down I, I, I talk talk about in my book like I silenced the noise and shut everything out so I can hear my own self think. And a lot of people, you know, because we hold on to data, lies of data, you know, they say that 80% of women that suffer from fibroids, you know, 80% of women will develop fibroids by the time they're age 50, you know, endometriosis causes for infertility. So you have all of this data and all of these things out there that's telling us we're going to lose. And what I did is shut everything out. I stopped watching the news. I got off social media. Um, I didn't answer my phone for four months. Uh, uh, I, you know, because it was it was drastic. Like I did this to save my life. You know, you, you talk about like women are dying. Like heart disease is the leading cause of death among women. You know, and more than half of women who are on high blood pressure medicine don't have it under control. And that was me. My blood pressure, my high blood pressure was unexplainable um, because it was due to stress. But no one ever checked my lifestyle. No one ever asked really to stop and think how I was doing. Um, and so like the first thing was like, I just silenced the noise so I can hear my own self think about what to do with my own body. When, when you look at your, um, the stress that you described, would you say it was because of others' expectations they put on you or expectations that you put on yourself? Yeah, so that's a twofold um, question. So, yeah, so it was other people's expectations because I was addicted to serving. Like, I was raised to take care of everybody else. And I didn't know how to take care of myself. And then also, too, it was how I saw myself. Um, you know, circumstances and events that happened, you know, in, in, in your life, whether it's on your job or you're dealing with, like, a toxic job, which I did at one point. Or if, if you're dealing with, you know, something that's happened in your life where I couldn't necessarily um, find a job, like find a position that was that was right for me, then you your value and your self-worth becomes compromised. You know, when you look for your value and other things instead of just telling yourself that you're that you're valuable, you know, it was all about how you see yourself and that. I didn't view myself as being valuable. I view myself as being a failure. And then also trying to prove to myself and other people that I wasn't a failure, which which kind of, you know, went back to the the, the high achieving. Like, I, I got to get this goal. I don't have time to look at myself. I'm going to take this medication. I'm going to keep rolling and keep it moving because I, I want to get to the next level, but I couldn't and nothing was working. I didn't know why. When you started to silence the noise and concentrate on what you wanted and your thoughts. How did your circles treat you, your friends, your mm -hmm. family, when you say, you know what? I need to take some self-care for me. Y'all do y'all, and I'll be here doing my, get myself together for these four months. 
was it positive or did they was there some backlash against that oh it was sheer panic <laughs> it was sheer panic i was everybody's go-to i was everybody's girl you know i'm i'm the one that gets everything done i'm i'm the you know i they everybody put their hopes and dreams into me, uh, which which a lot of leaders experience too, um, with, with their families and with high and with just achieving um high and being in leadership, people put so much uh pressure on you and it's up to you whether or not you want to take that pressure. And I decided to release it, which mm. is why my book is called Release the Pressure. And so yeah, when I first started it was sheer panic. And but because I'm doing this to save my life, even though other people may not realize it, I had to stand firm in what I believe. Um, you know, I think about like the one with the issue of blood, like she left everything behind to go get her miracle. She didn't talk to her family. She didn't talk to her friends. She didn't talk to anybody. She said, you know what? Um, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus, Jesus garment without really knowing if he, if he could help her, he, she still went and touched the hem of, of, of his garment. And now we're talking about her today. And I think about if I did not take that first step, if I did not take that first journey, where would I be now? Um, it's, it's the same concept. And it's, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of self-confidence to tell people no, to set firm boundaries with people and say, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself for right now because I this is what I need to do to move forward. And I want to go back to the stuttering that you mentioned and that Dre read in your bio because my brother, he I live in Tampa and he moved here. He's an older brother. And he says, well, Smiley, you stuttered when you were from three to seven or three to nine. He told me I stuttered. And I was like, no, I didn't. And then I started thinking about it and I did. I did. And I don't know what it was that I blocked it out of my memory or I don't know what, what they did for me. So it went away. But you, when your stuttering stopped, how did people respond to you or how did they, how did you respond to yourself when that, and it, that was stress related too? Oh, it was definitely stress related, definitely, because, you know, I'm, I was born to, to, to be the best, you know, and, and for me, it was, was trauma. It was a traumatic event that triggered the stuttering, but then also my mom's still trying to normalize it. She said she dropped me off at daycare one day when I came back out, she said she heard me rambling in the car and then rambling turned to stuttering. And um, mm -hmm. just out the blue. And she took me to a pediatrician and the pediatrician said, well, she stutters and she's going to stutter for the rest of her life. And mm. yeah, it was at that moment that, you know, we allow people to speak over us. We allow people to, to, to tell us what our path is going to be, you know, and that's, that's really hard to, to look in the mirror and, and really find out that, you know, what if your life was because, you know, or the result of your life was because someone else, what someone else told you to do, you know, um, you know, we were told to go to school, to go to college, you get a career, you stay on that job and then you retire. But what if that doesn't work for you? What if you're mm. made for something bigger? What if you're made mm. for a specific purpose that's going to impact the world far beyond what your job can do? You know, you know, what's interesting about that, Jennifer, is that, you know, Smiley and I have had a, a guests from, you know, many different walks of life who have different, different paths. There is no one path to success, right? However it's defined. Generally, um, on our podcast, we generally define success as someone who's living an extraordinary life, right? Living the life they want. 
And what's tough is what you just described is a lot of people go through their lives where, you know, either their parents or their community has these expectations of them. You know, you're going to become a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to own a business, but that may not be the path to success for you. That that may not be your purpose. Um, discovering that has got to be tough. Do you have any suggestions for our listeners in terms of like, you know, what do you do to break out of that mold that's been created for you and pivot towards that path that leads to a stress-free and productive life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, there, there are ways to control to control stress, but you can't completely like do away with it and and get rid of it. But there are ways to to control it. Um, but I will say, if you want to embark on that journey towards your purpose, like there are, there are a few things that you need to do. So number one, you got to take care of yourself. You got to have proper self care, um, and and you have to believe in what's possible outside of your job. Um, and so once you take the time to really take care of yourself, like me, like what changed my life was like working out, meditating is one of my favorite things to do. Like I'll sit and be still. I have like, I have a story about meditation. That's, that's completely crazy, but, um, sitting still, being still and, you know, women in leadership don't necessarily know how to do that or don't know how to sit still. We think of all the, all the things that we could be doing with our time instead of just being still, but you have to sit still in order to know what God is telling you. Like, what is, what is your next step or what is your next, you know, thing on your path on your, your journey? And so, you know, take care of yourself. You got to be still. So that breeds clarity. So you get, you become a hundred percent clear about what you want. You know, um, and that was something that I couldn't answer at the beginning of my journey. Like, what is it that I wanted? And um, even when I did like try to articulate what I wanted to, it wasn't it, it, it was it was the right thing. But I was sharing the wrong story. So um, it's an interesting story. So. Um, I became a women's health advocate um, okay. after, you know, the whole like fibroids and endometriosis thing, like right before I embarked on this journey. And because I didn't want to be alone because, you know, women don't have the the um, avenues and the spaces to ex- express themselves. And that was mm-hmm. me. Like I suppressed a lot of my emotions and I didn't know how to deal with them. I didn't know how to manage emotions. I couldn't, I didn't know how to feel anymore. I was very numb um, to, mm. to life, to things that happened to me. Like I would just let it roll, roll off my back and keep on pushing. And it, even at work, like we call that emotional labor because emotional labor is the um, amount of effort it takes to hold everything in all of your feelings. Um, you know, like code switching is a form of emotional labor. Like if you can't show up truly and authentically in yourself, that's emotional labor. And I think that's how the term overworked and underpaid got, you know, coins because of emotional labor. Like you, you just holding your emotions so much to a point where you don't even feel them anymore because you think that's what you have to do to survive. And if you're going to find purpose, you have to live in abundance. You can't live in survival. And so you have to let that go and you have to challenge the stories that you're telling yourself too. Um, you know, a lot of it was like, I couldn't heal. I couldn't, you know, get rid of um, high blood pressure and all this stuff. But once you be still and once you get clarity about your own life, then yeah, the purpose is not too far behind that. Yeah. And, and I think 
one of the things you touched on is really difficult for most, especially those who are um, service oriented like you are. And, and that's sitting down and sitting still, right? And not worrying about everything else that you feel like you need to have done, like you need to get done. Let, let, it's okay if you don't do it. It's okay if someone else does it and focus on kind of meditating and finding your real purpose. Um, so I, I, I like that you shared that. I did share that. Here's, here's another question I have for you. So in, in the bio read, you mentioned, it mentions that you also, uh, as you touched on a second ago, you're an advocate for women's health and you were featured alongside Kamala Harris. And uh, tell, tell me more about that experience. Um, you worked with her on the Uterine Fibroid Research and Education Act. Tell me about what that is in, in your partnership with her. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't necessarily a partnership. It was just my story was featured alongside of, of the exclusive with Refinery29. Like I knew a journalist over there. She knew that I had fibroids. She said, we're, we're, we're getting ready to run this exclusive with Kamala Harris. Would you like to be a part of it? It's actually like the third anniversary of that article because it's the first day of Fibroids Awareness Month. Um, July 1st, July is Fibroids Awareness Month. So... <laughs> ah, well, I, we didn't know that. So thank you. Perfect timing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how that's how that article came about. Um, because I've been I've been sharing my story for a long time. I've been a speaker like for for um a few years, like for over five years before even before I embarked on the journey of like releasing the pressure. But was what was interesting about me sharing my story, which uh, other women have a tendency to do, is that they share trauma and not necessarily share, you know, a testimony of how they overcame, but share what happened to them. And that's what I was doing. And so I was unknowingly accepting <laughs> the the condition and normalizing the experience that I did not want. And but I'm very proud of the article. I'm very proud to be featured um, in, in Refinery29. Um, that was in 2020. Um, upon the introduction mm. of the Uterine Fibroid Research and Ed- Education Act, they basically dedicated a certain amount of funds, like in the government, to now research uterine fibroids because there's no, there's no really a lot of information out there about the cause, and they're like documented as not having no cure, but like we, we know that's not true. So. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, I, yeah, I had had searched far and wide and tried to normalize it and tried to, you know, look for a solution and not knowing that I was the solution. Powerful. I like that. Knowing you're the solution. So you mentioned that you work with or you concentrate on women's uh, concerns. Do you work with men? No, I'm called to work with women at the, at the moment. I get a lot of that though. I, right. I do. I get. Why don't you work with men? Because <laughs> so. we have issues. We want you to help us resolve them. <laughs> so the question I have for you is: When you work with women, do you work with um, Latin women, African American women, white women, uh, Asian women, and do you find differences in the way that the U.S. diverse women deal with stress? Um, I would say even just talking to women, there are a lot of similar issues, too, because, you know, I think that fibroids really starts as a generational issue 
um, too, you know, with, 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 with women not knowing how to manage their emotions, being reactive and, and all of that. I feel like that's a common issue no matter what race you are. And fibroids affects, you know, largely affects Black women, but it affects other races as well. And do you find the work-related stress or the pressures are similar yeah. or... Yeah. Or yeah, yeah it's the same. <laughs> now, last one on the on the demographics. Do you work with um, say college level women, or do you wait till they're in the career world? So I haven't um, haven't tapped in, in into the college market yet. I largely work with women who are like largely my age or like up 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 until their fifties, like childbearing age too, because that's when like you know your your health is is compromised the most. So, um, but no, yeah, if, if once I get the ball rolling on on this coaching and and everything, I definitely would want to to tap into that because it starts like you know in your childhood. It starts, you know, there. Um, um, and so that that's a passion of mine as well. So one, one, one more. You mentioned that you in your bio, Dre mentioned you wrote a book and um, you mentioned the title earlier. But let's say it's 2033. Does uh, Jennifer write five books by 2033? Does she have her own big YouTube channel where she's helping women from all over the world or what does the future look like yeah yeah so that's the greater vision right you know um and and that's the thing about purpose like i wrote a lot of these these things down years ago like um i had i always talk about on social media that i had a vision for release the pressure before i ever knew about a health condition or anything so wow um, in 2012 um i i was in my car i was driving home from church I was at a stoplight and all of a sudden I was taken to a place that I did not recognize. Talk about this and release the pressure. Um, and it looked like what it was my book signing. I was on a platform. There was security behind me and I was looking out and there was a sea of people and there were mostly women and women were coming up to me and they were hugging me and they were crying and they were telling me how much I impacted their lives. And wow. I was just in disbelief at what I was seeing because like I was, I, I was, tapping into the future and I didn't know mm. it and it scared the living daylights out of me. And then I looked to my mm. right and there's a mirror and I'm looking at like who I could become. Basically mm. I'm looking at myself. I had white, my hair was slicked back. I was, she was bad. I mean, I'm bad now, but she was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, <know>? you are. <laughs> And so, um, and so as soon as I took a, a, a small glimpse of myself, God took me out of that dream and the light turned green and I drove back home and I didn't know what to mm. make of it. All I knew was that it was my book signing. And like, I, I talked to one of my family members and she said, well, obviously that's a sign from God, Jennifer, write it down. So I dated it and wrote it down. The name of the book was different, but the concept of the book was the same. Um, and so, and it, it, that was like almost 10 years ago. And ever since then, like, even, you know, as I get diagnosed with other health conditions, I'm, I'm writing down and I, I, I need to start a business. I need to, I want to do a wellness conference. I don't know what these ideas or these things are coming from, but they're coming at me. So I just like wrote everything down and that became like the larger vision. So the larger vision 
for, you know, for me in about 10 years is to have like my own network. I wanted to be the next Kathy Hughes, <laughs> you know, like I was like, sure. I, was, awesome. I had an internship at BET like in 2010 um, and that like internship changed my life and that that's, I got really a glimpse and look of what, how women in corporate operated because I was in the headquarters like down here um, in DC when the headquarters was in DC and um not knowing that I thought I was going to own my own network and just be on TV, but not knowing that I would have like this story to share. But I tell people too, that I also asked for this because, you know, back when, you know, in 2012, back when I couldn't, you know, really find a job that I thought that was right for me. And I was getting rejected after rejection after rejection. And I'm a leader and I don't, I don't know how to handle that. So, right, <laughs> you know, at right. that point, like, I was like, <laughs> I know I'm great and no one like no one else like those are great. So that was a part of, you know, the 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 also yeah. compromising like the self worth things of putting, you know, your Why can't they see what I why see? Why can't they see what I see and, and really holding yeah. holding my worth and my value into my career because that was the only thing I knew. But um everybody was telling me to write and I didn't know what to write about. It's like you should start a blog, you should write, you know, about your journey. And I had no idea. And so I went into my prayer closet, got on my knees, I prayed to God, and I said, if you want me to write so bad, then give me a story. And then, I kid mm. you not, that next year, I got diagnosed with fibroids. So, <laughs> there's your story. There's your story. There's your story. Wow. So, be careful what you pray for, but you just might get it. But then, but then also, too, like, you, you like, your affliction is the affirmation to your calling. So like like the thing that you don't want to touch, the you know, the thing that's the most painful for you is the problem. Maybe that's the problem that you're meant to solve for another person. And and that's me. I became the physical manifestation of of the problem, the issue that I had for years. And now I can, you know, pass that blessing on to other women. So do me a favor, Jennifer. Say that phrase again. Your affliction. Your Bishop T D Jake said this. Your affliction is the affirmation to your calling. Mic drop. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Let's shift gears a bit. So you are a communication and digital strategist. Yep. What? How do you use your skill set in that role to bring more awareness around women's health? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it, everything has come like full circle, whether it's, it's okay. me speaking on podcasts like this, because um, I have my own mm -hmm. radio show. <laughs> That's exclusive. I have okay. my own radio show in okay. college. Okay. Um, <laughs> reminiscent R&B jams with humble beginnings. But, um, <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> but okay. yeah, like really speaking on like a bigger platform and, and stepping on a, a bigger platform, you know, because I'm, I'm, I came from J school. I came from journalism school. And so like now mm. like recording videos and, you know, uploading social media and all of that stuff, you know, and really learning how to build your own brand and market yourself. That that's what I'm I'm doing now, and I'm doing it for a, a message, an important message, you know, for women to really see them, themselves in me. Um, because you know, I'm not like this hot, like you know, high high being or whatever. I'm I'm a, a regular girl who who just decided to embark on this journey and. Mm -hmm. you know, become a generational curse breaker, which, you know, we all have the capacity to do and, and really had help in, in really cultivating my message, but I already had the skill set. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense. 
Okay, so uh, before we get into the final four, what's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew? That's a good question. I was thinking about that, you know, <laughs> I was watching other interviews of other people. Okay. okay. <laughs> what is okay. one thing about me that I wish people would know? Let's see. Hmm. Um, you know, that I was, I, I would say that I was, I was born to shine. So, um, I, so a lot of people don't know this. Um, so I was in a movie, uh, like a documentary. <laughs> wow. I was like, whoa. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you, bury, you, you, you come from J school. That's called burying the lead. Come on, Jennifer. Tell, yeah. tell us about this documentary. Tell yeah, us about this yeah. documentary. So, it, it was a, it, so I helped, helped paint this mural in my neighborhood. And okay. the mural was, was featured in this documentary um, of like, you know, and it was like this kids in the city. I'm a latchkey kid. So there was a recreation center across the street from my house. Um, and we were in all mm-hmm. in summer camp and we, we, we saw cameras down the block and everything. And it was at the corner where my grandmother's house was. And um, mm-hmm. I got picked to, to, to help paint this mural, my brother and I, and the mural is, is, you know, um, hasn't, hasn't been torn down, hasn't been graffiti. It's, it's like, you know, just like the movie, but it was like a small, like little, like documentary. I, we were featured on the news and everything. Um, and so that was like wow. a foreshadow to like, <laughs> to like, yeah. to like to what I'm doing now. I was like 10, sure. um, like when okay. it happened, but yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I distracted you, um, from, from fully answering the question. If, if you wanted to add more to it in terms of what you're doing is, are you doing anything else in terms of bringing more awareness, you know, for in your, in your, um, journey towards towards you know helping women overcome health challenges, and I apologize for interrupting you and going down that path of the documentary. Oh no, it no, sounded no, no. fascinating. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, so um, I I started a coaching business, and so um, now I'm coaching other women, um, helping other women, um, with and basically because the transformation for me was my confidence increased. You know, um, mm. you know, I I had gotten a a, a, a really big raise at work, and um, mm. with I had worked on this project. You know, when I was like when I was working, that that just blew up within two weeks of of um, of me just silencing the noise and releasing the pressure and focusing on me. I had a project at work that went viral, um, and it was featured on CNN, all these places. And in less than twenty four hours, everyone knew my name at work and everything. And so now I am assisting women with increasing their confidence and getting promoted without sacrificing their mental and physical health because there's a way to do it. And for those that are interested, and we're getting to the final four. So I want to give you an opportunity to kind of share details for those that after listening to this podcast have an idea of, whoa, I need someone like this in my life. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Release the pressure now.com. That is, that is the best way they can get my insight and they can then, and they can learn how to increase their confidence and get promoted without sacrificing their mental and physical health. Um, they can also get my book at release the pressure um, that's another way to get in touch with me. I also, I'm also, I live on Link, LinkedIn. Um, that's where I hang out the most um, on Instagram at Jim Branison. Also on Facebook, Jennifer Branison. I'm everywhere. So. Okay. 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 You're you're not hard to find. No, not at all. Okay. So we'll make sure that we'll link to all your socials and your um, 
web links as well to make sure that's easy for our listeners to uh, to connect with you. Smiley? Awesome. Well, as part of the final four, here's a question for you. If you're going to have dinner with anyone alive or dead, there's three, four chairs at the table. You're in one of them. Who would you want to be in the other chairs and why? So it has to be like one person or just, okay. It could be three, three. You got a table of four. You're in one chair and the other three representatives at your dinner table. Who do you want to have dinner with alive or dead and why? Let's see. Um, Kathy Huge would, would be she, she's alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Last time yeah, we checked. Yeah, because her her story just captivates me like just so much yeah. of just building something from the ground up, and that's when I really yep. noticed that I really just want to build something, you know, and build something meaningful, meaningful. And she has dominated the market with you know Radio One, TV One, Urban One, like everything. And now her son son runs the company, so it's like a you know like a generational thing where she has passed like really created generational wealth for herself using her own gifts and so that is like the number one person that i i, I definitely want to like pick her brain <laughs> yeah yeah awesome yeah. yeah yeah so i think that's like the at least the only one i can think of off the top of my head <laughs> okay you you don't have to have you don't have to have three you could just have a table of you and her it could be anyone, yeah, yeah, but... yeah. oh yeah and and then also too like the i guess too the, the woman that I saw in my vision, like I'm always working to attain her, but I would love to like sit down and say, sis, how was the journey? <laughs> like the, the woman that, you know, the, oh. like me in the future, I want, you know, I want to sit down with her and say like, sis, give me the tea. How was the journey? <laughs> like wow, how, how did you yeah. get from where I am to where you are? Like I would love to yeah. have a conversation with, with her. I love that. Love that. That's the first time we've got a, got a response like that. I think, Smiley, in terms of what yeah, I think so. Yourself. I like that. That makes sense. Kathy Hughes is, is. I mean, her journey. I agree with you. I, I'd love to come to that dinner party as well. There was a moment in her career where she bought that radio station and slept in it with her son, and they would shower in the bathroom. They'd sleep at the at the, at the hotel because she didn't have anywhere else. To, she had gotten divorced. She didn't have anywhere else to stay. And she, like you said, she built that Radio One from from nothing. But yeah, so I, I see why you would choose her. What's been your greatest success? Uh, my greatest success, I would I would would be to to attain inner inner peace, um, and really just working on myself to the point where I'm free of everything that was holding me back, every health condition, every, everything that, that is my greatest success. Because now, you know, when you, when you discover the things that hold, that was holding you back, or you realize what was holding you back and you decide to work on it. And then you remember who you are, you become unstoppable. All right. Here's one. What is your superpower? What is something that's uniquely you? Superman flies. The Hulk has his strength. Uh, Wonder Woman has her lasso and her invisible jet. So what does what is it that Jennifer has that's uniquely her, that's her gift from God that no one else has? So um, connecting with women t- to the point where it brings light to what they're suffering with. 
Um, yeah, because mm. if, if if I talk to you long enough, then I'll I'll definitely pinpoint know and know what you're suffering with, and that's the thing. Like when you're free, you immediately recognize what someone else is going through, and so that is my superpower. Yeah, having that clear vision, mm-hmm. right? Love it. Okay, um, so you're clearly already an author. So my guess, like Smiley suggested earlier, is that you have at least two or three and maybe five more books coming. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Smiley has like, what, 12? How many books do you have out now? Smiley? 10. 10. He has 10 books. 10. So he's, he's an author too. So um, tell me this though. What would be the title of your biography? <laughs> what would the title of my biography be? Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. I will say joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the Ooh, joy comes I like in the morning. that. That was going to be the title of, of my first book. I switched it to release the pressure because that was a little bit more relevant. But yeah, joy comes in the morning. Yeah. I love it. Joy comes in the morning. There That's go. beautiful. I love that title. Well, Jennifer, this has been most enlightening. And I want to thank you once again for getting on our podcast on a Saturday and sharing your wisdom, your experiences, your visions. We really, really appreciate you. Thanks again. Yeah. And I'll just add real quick, you know, one of the one of the silver linings, I think, of having this podcast is having the opportunity to talk to people from, again, different walks of life that have had different life experiences. Yours is so unique and it's hopefully inspiring to, to our listeners. Um, so we, like Smiley said, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and your journey with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I just want women to know that, you know, what is possible and that you are the creator of your life. You don't have to be a victim. 